0: on movies with Rebecca and Jason
1: Are you gonna love or hate Here, Here comes, comes the binge. binge! Hey
0: everybody, welcome to the binge In which a couple of homos review the latest movie theater releases I'm Jason Leroy
2: And I'm Rebecca Olarte And today we have three movies Okja, The Bad Batch, and Manifesto And as always, we're gonna rate these movies on a three-tiered scale With binge it being our highest rating Consume in moderation means it's okay, but it's kinda meh and send it back means life
0: is too short for that, Miss
2: Jason. What's up with you?
0: Ah, uh, not a whole lot. Um, it is, yeah, just Pride Pride Weekend here in San Francisco is mm-hmm. rapidly chugging toward us. I know we have uh some some plans to cross paths over the weekend, whether you like it or not. Whether you <laughs> know I have those plans, I'm gonna calendar find, stalking me. I'm gonna find you. Um, it's also Scott's birthday weekend Oh, his, that's exciting His birthday's tomorrow
2: Happy birthday, Scott
0: Going out to dinner Yes, I'm currently I currently have abandoned him So I can be here doing the show Wow <laughs> Yes um, So ending the last day of his 36 uh, The same way we started, really
2: Alone? So, mm-hmm mm-hmm. <laughs> You disappointing him?
0: In separate parts of the city <laughs> um, And uh, yeah, then over the weekend There's going to be uh, some some pride shenanigans going on and un, an somewhat unexpected Pride performing this year, I'm very uh, excited for, uh, Ronnie Spector. Oh, and right. The, and the Ronettes. Mm-hmm. Uh, which should be cool, because Ronnie Spector is one of the coolest ladies of all time. <laughs> so there's that. There's that factor. Um, and I saw her a few years ago at Burger Boogaloo in Oakland. And um, she does this amazing cover of Amy Winehouse's Back to Black. Mm. Which is very poignant, of mm-hmm. course, since Amy took so much inspiration from Ronnie Spector. Um, so it's definitely a full circle moment. And who would have thought that Ronnie would
2: have outlasted her? Unfortunately. Um, Taking a turn. Most people would have thought poignant.
0: that. No, I, yeah, that that's was a the thing. Uh, and I don't know who, I don't know who she's calling the Ronettes currently. I don't know that it's mm. the original lineup. It might be more of a Lassie situation, but, <laughs> but uh, as long as they still know how to point to the well, it's going to be fine. There you go. Um, what's up with you, Rebecca.
2: Uh, not too much. Uh, it's funny that you mentioned how cool Ronnie Spector is because I was just thinking on my way here. How lame she is! How <laughs> <laughs> like who are the like I think the lamest know, women in the world. You're by yourself in the car, <laughs> right. just thinking. Right. And uh, who's the lamest? Trying to just make your listicles. <laughs> um, no, I was I was driving uh, here, I, and I was like, man, you know, I'm in San Francisco. The city is so rad, and I can't believe I live here. And then I just kind of took a quick like look in the mirror and I was like, wow, I am also so glad that I'm in my 30s and don't care about looking cool because I'm like driving down Guerrero in my Toyota Matrix that is from like 2012, <laughs> um, which uh, re- someone recently told me is a very, like has a very family look to it. Oh,
0: that is a, that is a burn. <clears throat> uh,
2: loudly playing deep cuts from uh, Better Than Ezra and no. blaring it. Deep and, cuts, um, not
0: just good?
2: No, no. There's so much more than good. <laughs> don't even look the look, let's not of, go down the look I does,
0: she's a she's has a her fighting face on all of a sudden she's ready to throw down about this
2: um <clears throat> i mean I remember, and vaping it was really a perfect storm of the least cool things you could possibly like, be doing you're
0: like how can i live the most like i'm still in ohio despite living in this city that i'm so proud to live in
2: um, i like yeah. that you just
0: like looked in the mirror and started negging yourself
2: i was like what are you what have you become remember when you used to care when people thought about you I mean, part of me is glad that it's not there anymore, but part of me is like, you need to like just stop and think about it for a second, because <laughs> things are getting rapidly out of control.
0: And then you're like, the good thing is, I'm about to go see Jason, and I'll feel better about myself at that point.
2: <laughs> <laughs> I said through a thick cloud of vape smoke. <laughs> <laughs> is it
1: was it good. good.
2: <laughs> <laughs> so oh, that was, uh, that's we,
0: cool. Hope we don't owe royalties from that sample we just did. I might. Um, do they have more than one album better than Ezra? Yeah, oh,
2: yeah, there are tons.
0: Yeah, I know but the, I only
2: really know the first two.
0: Okay. Yeah, I think because I remember there being the second one because like every 90s band had like that sophomore slump more often than not mm-hmm. where they had the album that was a breakout and then the next album, everyone was like, mm, don't still care.
2: Looking at you, Dishwalla.
0: Oh. <laughs> and they're like, please keep looking at us. <laughs> no, no, don't don't get it distracted was... by Deep Blue something. No.
2: <laughs> Dishwalla was on the like recommended next track um, with that Counting Blue Cars song. Oh, yeah. And I was thinking about how... Um, how like if that song came out now, that like everybody, it would just be like everyone on the internet being like, "What does God have to be a woman?" Like at the time, it was like kind of a cool thing, and mm-hmm. you're like, "Oh, they said that." That's I really, rad. need to meet her. But I feel well, like now it would just be just be a mess. Well, and then also
0: the other side would be just like the Judeo-Christian nomenclature of God <laughs> is very regressive. So, which is just a reminder that everything is terrible
2: mm-hmm. and all people yeah. are
0: terrible. But uh,
2: so that said, I'm,
0: I wonder how many bands back then were like, "Why can't we have Everclear's longevity?" I wonder how many <laughs> bands just said that just out loud. Um, I wish I was Art Alexakis.
2: Man, that Father of Mine song really
0: Oof. took it, them it, somewhere. Hit home.
2: Okay. we home. Okay, showing our age again, like that Pride episode. Everything came out in
0: 1998. <laughs> uh,
2: let's get to movies, which is what we really are here for. Yeah, so? we
0: have um, this week. We <laughs> we're taking another off week from the biggies. Um, this week, we had the option of seeing the new Transformers movie, Mm-mm. but we passed. I feel like um, these
2: are, are, I mean, they're not big movies in terms of like blockbusters, but I feel like... These if... are notable indies and exactly. art house films. Yeah. Um, like you would say if you wrote categories that movies <laughs> belong in for a living.
0: <laughs> Who could have such a job?
1: Who
2: would know? I don't know.
0: Um, but yeah, so, and, uh, and the movie we're going to start off with is actually a Netflix movie, which is, this is the first time
2: mm-hmm.
0: that we have had the opportunity to review a Netflix film before it becomes available and make it part of the show. So hopefully we can keep doing that.
2: And it's Okja and it's also our pick of the week. Pick of the week.
1: Pick of the week. Pick, pick, pick is the pick, pick of, of the week.
2: For 10 idyllic years, young Mija has been caretaker and constant companion to Okja. A massive animal and an even bigger friend at her home in the mountains of South Korea. But that changes when family-owned multinational conglomerate Mirando Corporation takes Oja for themselves and transports her to New York, where an image-obsessed and self-promoting CEO has big plans for Mija's dearest friend. With no particular plan but single-minded intent, Mija sets out on a rescue mission. Mija,
1: we are animal lovers. Our plan is to expose Mirando, rescue Oja, and bring her back to you. Ten years in planning On the cusp of a product that will feed millions And what happens? That farmer girl is going to destroy us You should know the situation is not good
2: Each night before you go to bed Um, This movie Wow Uh, It's definitely the pick of the week No questions about it Yes uh, do you want to start off with the good, the bad, or the mm-hmm. ugly? Well, we can start our three—one, one for each category.
0: Yeah, I mean, we can also start with a little bit of backstory. So this is um, directed by Boon Jeong Ho, who mm-hmm. previously made Snowpiercer, um, and this had its—it uh, played in competition at the Cannes Film Festival, and was a source of much uh, uh, controversy mm-hmm. uh, because this was Netflix's first time having a film play uh, in competition that it had actually, you know, produced was that was they were the distributor. And, uh, you know, led to much, uh, much clashing um, between Netflix and the uppity French.
2: Well, yeah, didn't Almodovar even, just, like, start the opening ceremony saying, like, Netflix doesn't belong here or something?
0: Oh, uh, yeah, there was a lot of shots fired. A lot of shots like, fired on Netflix. And Netflix was just, like, they were happy to climb on the cross and be just like, oh, why must they persecute? Why am I persecuted? Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, basically, yeah, the the French were like, you know, if you are not going to have a theatrical run, then, you know, I think they made a, I think there was a a, a new policy put in place. They're like starting next year, unless you're going to have a theatrical run in France in physical theaters, then you're mm. not eligible for the Cannes Film Festival. And it was like, that feels like it's a direct shot at us. It's like, yeah, dumb fucks. It is a direct shot at <laughs> you. Um, uh, but with that said, uh, Okja is, uh, you know, it's certainly evidence that, Netflix can get a top tier Mm -hmm. international filmmaker and a massive cast and put together, you know, uh, a truly remarkable product. I mean, I'm almost I will say that, like, I think this movie would play amazingly on a big screen. Like, don't don't you think it
2: is? It's playing in uh, Korea
0: on a big screen yeah there's
2: actually there was sort of a, a an issue where i think that uh there was supposed to be like a three the traditional is like a three week wait, waiting period between like when uh movies available in theaters and then it's streaming but mm-hmm. they're releasing it netflix is releasing it the same day so right um there were a bunch of theaters in korea that were running it and then decided to boycott it unless netflix held off but now mm-hmm. they're running it again okay so i don't know about the united states yeah. though i'm like
0: we don't live in korea rebecca I'm sorry, what? <laughs> what? Uh, so, uh, yeah, so much, 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 much controversy around mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Oksha. Uh, but, you know, all that aside, uh, you know, we watched it today on our little monitors. <laughs> uh, and uh, Or I watched it today. You watched it a few days ago. And, uh, and well, I think you watched it last night, and you had quite a time.
2: Quite an emotional rollercoaster. So roller we're going to start with the ugly?
0: We can start with the ugly. We okay. can start with the ugly crying.
2: Ugly crying. Uh, I haven't cried this hard in probably at least a decade. Um this movie is so incredibly sad. I mean, I think if you've listened to the show before, I have a, an animal thing. I'm definitely the person we a lot of us out there that are very sensitive about issues that involve animals,
0: especially people with pets.
2: People with pets, people who are, you know, torn from their pets. Um and this movie do, just does it. It is the the most emotionally manipulative um, <laughs> I, it, it, I, you can't imagine a worse situation. They set it up as as this, this beautiful friendship, um, and Looking
0: between a girl and a super pig.
2: <laughs> Tail is oldest time, um, and then she does everything she can in her power to save the super pig. Um, really, really goes to the end. So the ugly part of this is that um, my face—that's <laughs> the ugly that's part. That's
0: that she's she's been dealing with a lot of puffiness uh, since watching the film. Mm-hmm. Lots of very pr- puffy. lots of puffiness around the eyes. Mm-hmm uh and uh so would you say have you ever cried harder at a movie no definitely Gen- not. genuinely so no, this, this, I, this like, is there a are a few things
2: in life that i've cried that hard about this
0: is historic yeah top five
2: cries in life so no
0: movie sure. has ever pushed your buttons the it's way like that Oaksha does yeah wow 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 and i will say that earlier so you know rebecca and i tried to be good about not talking too much about the movies before we start to tape um but i did start to describe for about two seconds something happened at the very end of the movie and and instantly instantly the faucets turned on. (laughs) And you're like, Nope, nope And then I watched her talk herself out of it.
2: (laughs) It's it's so it's so hard. I don't know. Like part of me makes me want to not recommend this movie to people. Um, but it's also so good that I don't mm. know. You, I have to. Yeah,
0: well, let's talk about the good stuff. Let's talk uh, about the good stuff. So, uh, so this is this is <laughs> this is a weird fucking movie. Yeah, I, I cannot Number wait to one. start seeing just r- people with just random Netflix subscribers start trying to watch it and be like, what? in The uh-huh. Almighty Fuck? Am I watching? Even
2: the like the first five minutes are oh, yeah. just so strange.
0: It's so weird because it kind of presents itself like formally. It's a very traditional. Like a sort of mainstream narrative,
2: mm-hmm. like
0: yeah. you know, like structurally, it's very formal. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it really hits a lot of beats that you expect it to hit for the kind of like girl with a pet, in- encounters adversity type story mm-hmm. that it is. Um, but there's this, this the tone of it mm-hmm. is so off kilter. Um, it's and it's set right off the bat. You know, we have this this sort of you know prelude uh, with Tilda Swinton. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, sort of sets the stage for what the rest of the story is going to, um, it sets it up. And, and Tilda Swinton herself kind of just tells you everything you need to know. Mm-hmm. Because, okay, so, okay, cool. Okay, here we are. We have this huge movie star, great actress, and she's staying there and she has braces. <laughs> and she has this weird blonde bob wig, <laughs> platinum blonde. And, um, and she's just, and she's very like cheerful, mm-hmm. but in a way that's just this side of very creepy. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of the rest of the movie, you know, like it's very like superficially it's a very upbeat kind of movie. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's upbeat just left of center into like upbeat very weird.
2: Yeah, I mean, there are parts of this movie that are so funny.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, and
2: I and almost when it first started for the first maybe like 10 minutes, I wasn't sure that it might just be a, a children's movie because I didn't really know right. kind of the background. And I was like, okay, my, maybe this just will be mm-hmm. like a very soft, like girl yeah. or super big story. <laughs> it, uh, and then like, you know, the the 180 of that just becomes yeah. one of the most right. like grotesque,
0: um, well, I know, and it's like, well, it's like a, it's like Pete's Dragon. It's like, well, it's like so many things. You know, it reminds mm-hmm. me of Pete's Dragon, Charlotte's me Web, Dumbo. Mm-hmm. Um, oh God! <laughs> oh, here we go.
2: One time, I played a GIF of Dumbo, and, and at the same time, a Sarah McLachlan song was on, and I just lost it. That was that's in top maybe twenty cries, but maybe top. <laughs> that was 10. A, a
0: perfect storm. Just by it was accident, you were like, "Did you find who's playing the Sarah McLachlan song?" It like, was like, me. <laughs> <laughs> who did this to me I did this to me I did
2: uh, I only um, listen to 90s music
0: so um, so Dumbo it made me think I of I tried to it made me, Spotify but it, it made me made me think of King Kong
2: mm-hmm. um, it, yeah.
0: made me, it made me think of Josie and the Pussycats really uh, I think <laughs> no it's not re- it's really not similar to any movie quite so much as it is to Josie and the Pussycats because uh, we have this sort of like insidious corporation mm-hmm. that on the surface is just, you know, normal, mm-hmm. boring mm-hmm. evil. But beneath that is, is way more fucked up uh, evil. Uh, we have this sort of like homegrown, um, you know, entity that they want to take mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. profit from. Uh, we have like the media glare. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, Slaughterhouse. There's, there's even like Tilda's very much the Parker Posey. Yeah. Jake Gyllenhaal is very much the Alan Cumming.
2: Yes, which is the bad, which the we'll bad, get to.
0: The bad. And, uh, you know, so, I mean, yeah, it's in the Pussycats, but about a super pig. <laughs> I mean, what else do you need to hear me say?
2: <laughs> Pretty that sure that should say it. Wraps it up. I mean, yeah. even like when you when you mentioned Tilda Swinton's opening, the way she delivers her lines, like... She, so she's giving this like presentation to like the media and, and like a board of directors like sort of talking about what this, this giant corporation that she's, her family's corporation is about to do and it's create this, they've created this super pig and they're going to give it to these farmers in 24 parts of the world and they're going to raise them for 10 years and then they're going to come back and they're going to say this is uh, sustainable, it has a small carbon footprint, it's like this really great thing that they're doing in terms of manufacturing food to feed the hungry all over the world. Mm-hmm, yeah. um, but she's delivering it with like, kind of like mistakes and like like in a very like realistic way that you don't see in movies very often mm-hmm. and then she has another you can meeting later sweating. yeah you can definitely and you there's this other, other part where um, after things start to go haywire and she's having a meeting with like kind of her top brass mm-hmm. and the way they treat her and the way she talks to them is just so it has a very naturalistic feel to it mm-hmm. which is also very strange because the rest of the movie is like right. there's this giant like I don't know sizes 30 foot a pig running around, like, Korea in, like, the mm-hmm. subways. So it goes from this, like, totally unbelievable, f- like, farce to this very strange, um, like, human yeah. story.
0: It was really kind of a callback to her character, Michael Clayton, really. Um, <laughs> you know, <clears throat> which she won her Oscar for. Um, you know, where she's a sort of, like, s- incompetent businesswoman. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, basically. Uh, you know, who ca- who's just, you know, constantly sweating and yeah. uh, and can't quite get together. This also um, uh, connects back to Hail Caesar because, once again, Tilda plays sisters. Oh,
2: yeah. She plays two twins. (laughs) She
0: loves playing a sister act. She just does. She She loves being a woman's sister act. I forgot about that. uh, So so there's that piece of it. So we keep mentioning the super pig, and Rebecca (laughs) just described a little bit, um, you know, sort of what the idea is. And it's sort of, like, similarly to, like, Um, Handmaid's Tale and lots of, you know, um, uh, Mm semi-dystopias, you know, has to do with, like, uh, you know, environmental situations having deteriorated Mm -hmm. to such a point where, like, you know, this is what's required. Um, Not required, but it seems like, okay, this is what we'll do is, yeah, we'll just, like, raise these giant pigs that will provide so much meat. Um, and, you know, I I guess you never, never mind the Jews, uh, or the Muslims, but, you know, so just all the (laughs) pork, all the pork eating populations of the world will be in hog heaven, so to speak. (laughs) (laughs) But, um, but here's where I think the real culprit of the movie is unmasked. So the idea is that this, so this little girl, Misha, um, has been raising, um, Okja, her super pig from the time that she was very small and she does not know about this mm-hmm. larger framework of it. And who
2: kept her in the dark? Her grandfather.
0: Yes. He's the real culprit here. He is. If he had he just is. told her from the time that she was young, the way that any child raised in a farm knows, that the animals are not pets, yeah. then this all could have been avoided.
2: Right. I mean, her friendship with this pig, this pig is like a genius. He like figures things out to save her life. He really does. Their relationship is. She like goes in his mouth to clean his teeth, her mouth to clean her teeth. Um, they like snuggle. um with this, this it's really are you okay i yes i i'm okay um I, I still think it would have been very difficult for her, but I think that you're right. Like, any responsible farmer would, like, right. raise a child that, right. wh- whose parents have died, mm-hmm. um, and it's just the two of them and that pickup up on the mountain giving her a bit of a heads up other than after the people had already right. come there to get just wait thing. till something right. And he actually straight up lied to her. <clears throat> he told her that um, that he bought the pig.
0: That's right, yeah. She had a whole other story that she'd been fed about mm-hmm. the origin of this, the, this super pig. Mm-hmm. Um, bologna is what she was fed. All right, bologna. It was a straight up course of baloney. Is fed. that a pig
2: joke? I think it might be a pig. Okay, I don't know what is made of. I don't
0: know. I don't know. There's a line where Tilda talks about the... She's like, Americans love eating the face and the anus. Oh, yeah. That's hot dogs. You know, American is apple pie. I imagine
2: you were eating a hot dog while I was while like, I was like Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, I just kept eating. I was like, <laughs> yep. damn straight, Tilda. <laughs> Tell it like it is. Um, so the we should talk now about part of what probably made it so emotional for you is how adorable they mm-hmm. have made these super pigs. Because you think super pig... I don't know about you. I think ugly <laughs> um, because large pigs are already ugly yeah. and a gigantic like like two ton um, pig sounds terrifying. Mm-hmm. Those were in like um, wasn't there one in Beast of the Southern Wild? There was like a gigantic mm-hmm. pig. Yeah. That's another movie that I was reminded of here. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, you know, and that was terrifying. Um, but this is not so much a pig as like a giant, adorable hippo. Yeah, very with, hippo-like, with like flappy dog ears and warm dog eyes, and a
2: very, a very dog-like, um, you know, uh, gait.
0: Yes, I wasn't sure what the hand gestures were. <laughs> She's kind of doing big boob hand gestures.
2: <laughs> uh, yes, very it, dog-like like, <laughs> tits. Uh, <laughs> no. uh, like a like a walk and like a sl- like the way it, like kind of lays down mm-hmm, and yeah, carries it's itself. Down.
0: I, I read, it, I don't know if this is true, that they base the face off of um, manatees.
2: Oh, I could see that. Yeah, yeah. So imagine.
0: Yeah, just an adorable manatee that's just kind of like this big roly-poly thing, just lumbering around, being all cute, snuggling up next to this little girl, Mm -hmm. um, and just saving her life at times. Um, And then Jake Gyllenhaal comes up the mountain.
2: There are two types of bad to to talk about here. So first, let's talk about the bad of the plot. What happens that's bad? Um, Sort of without ruining it, but giving people the proper uh, ability to brace themselves for the severity of what you're going to see
0: yeah i mean there's i mean it's mostly off camera right
2: yeah, but it is
0: it's it's so terribly implied there's off camera extreme animal abuse mm-hmm. um and you hear the animal's reaction mm-hmm. and it's tough
2: and then you know it sort of ends with uh, very uh intense slaughterhouse scenes mm-hmm. um and seeing like all of the other uh okjas of the all of the, the other world. Um, you know, corralled and, and and seeing their fate, and and
0: I was like, "Where's Temple Grandin when you need her?" And that's yes, all I seriously. was thinking. <laughs> Where's the hugging machine? These poor things are freaking out. I
2: know. Um, it is. It's hard to watch. Um, and, and granted, then... these are
0: not real animals; these are all right. CG, but all the Absolutely. same.
2: Um, and then the other bad thing is Jake Gyllenhaal's character. So you see, when you see you see him at the very beginning, um, and he's introduced as like the new face of the corporation, he's kind of like a is it? Um, he's
0: sort of like a like a uh, like a Steve Irwin. Oh, yeah, Steve Irwin. He's sort of like a famous. You know who
2: he's like? Who is the Tracy George? Uh, Tracy Brian Williams. Fellows. <laughs> he's
0: like a Brian Fellows type. He's a
2: Brian Fellows. Um, exactly.
0: He's like a Brian Fellows. If Brian Fellows was like an extremely flamboyant white man.
2: Yeah, I I haven't seen a portrayal of a gay character this stereotypical and bad but they never they never
0: say he's gay no
2: but he like puts his hand on the other guy's thigh at one point
0: i didn't think anything of that i mean i thought i well i did think hot um
2: (laughs) (laughs) he looks like geraldo rivera in this movie he
0: does kind of look like geraldo
2: oh okay that's a good thing um
0: this no i mean (laughs) i was like yeah he does (laughs) that is i did not know that that is my type (laughs) slap a geraldo mustache on a bleeding man and i'm in your lap (laughs) But um, but you know, he uh, I didn't think that he was meant to be gay, but he certainly, certainly, because we find out a bit more about his sexual predilections, and it's not mm-hmm. exactly other dudes. Um, but uh, but you know, so it's a very flamboyant, like flamboyant is an understatement to describe Jake Hall in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is the most over the top you will have ever seen him. And this is a man who's given a, a series of extremely intense performances. Mm-hmm. And he has never been keyed up quite as high as he is in this.
2: Yeah. And I feel like uh, where Tilda <clears throat> kind of draws that line between like absurd and unrealistic, yet mm-hmm. still doesn't seem so forced, his character is, is too too much. Hmm. It's too. Uh, I again. I felt like it was pretty clear that he was supposed to be gay, mm-hmm. and I found that pretty offensive. Um, and and even otherwise, it was just like, what are what are you doing? Like, who told you that this was going to be a good idea? Like, tone tone it down a bit. Mm-hmm. It didn't fit. I feel like with the rest of the movie, the rest of the movie was so close to to that off, yeah. and but like reined it in enough, and he was. Well, it just seemed out of place.
0: Well, it did seem to me like the movie was kind of parodying all sides. Oh, like, absolutely. Like, you know, so the whole thing really does feel like a satire. It's it's a lot of things at once. You know, it, it is this extremely heartfelt, very emotional, tear-jerking girl and her pet story. Um, but it's also very much a satire of a situation that isn't necessarily a real situation. So There's like <laughs> um, this whole group
2: of uh, like of eco-terrorists. Animal, yeah, yeah, of
0: like animal liberationists. Mm-hmm. Um, led by Paul, Paul Dano, Dano, who gets beat up. Yeah. <laughs> so in your Paul Dano gets beat up in movies league, go ahead and mark this one down. If you had this marked down, then you win. <laughs> um, so he does get beat up senselessly, and uh, I was like, keep at it. Um, so Paul Dano's there, Lily Collins is there, mm-hmm. the gorgeous Stephen Yeun from The mm-hmm. Walking Dead is there. Uh, so uh, in, in in this way, the movie made me think of um, going back to the mid '90s, uh, Citizen Ruth. Mm. Which was a movie mm-hmm. where, you know, Laura Dern in that movie was basically an Oaksha. Yeah. Uh, yeah. in <laughs> the sense that she
1: <laughs> you know, she used to
0: in that movie she plays this this sort of like vagrant woman who uh, gets pregnant and uh and then this judge tells her that if she has an abortion, because she has the long history of being like an unfit mother, that he'll give her a, a milder sentence. And then she becomes this kind of face, this this kind of, yeah, this she what she represents, you know, it becomes politicized very quickly. And it sort of it makes fun of like pro-lifers and make fun of pro-choicers. Um, and she's just this, sort of caught in the middle of this maelstrom of like of, of um, sort of absurdity. Mm-hmm. Um, and this feels like that kind of story where, you know, we're kind of like in the eye of the storm of all these different forces and each is being mocked so much.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I, and I still I think that's true. And I think that I sort of liked that there wasn't like a very clear like these, you know, a- animal liberation activists were like so good. And mm-hmm. they didn't. And there was definitely like jokes at their expense. Um, but I, I still felt like the message was pretty clear. we um, yeah, were still about, on their side, ultimately. Yeah, definitely. Um, and it wasn't quite as even that even their their like shenanigans were not as. I don't know, such a bad fit as, as Jake Gyllenhaal's character.
0: Yeah. He, I mean, he's definitely, he's the most extra of any character in this movie.
2: I mean, I, I understand that it's supposed to be that way to a degree, but, um, I don't know. It just, it just was sort of hard to swallow. Um, question for you. Yeah. I don't know. I don't want to say this movie is telling you not to eat meat.
0: Mm, it, it is. It is. But this movie is telling he you is not, telling to, you eat not meat. to eat meat. Because I was like, okay, what is the point of this movie exactly? Mm-hmm. And there's really the only reading you can put on the movie where it makes any real sense is that like this is clearly just like an anti-carnivore movie.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, you know, like it's saying like this is uh, all animals, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so and I don't know that the director has given any interviews where he has explicitly stated that. But, I mean, like, that's the only takeaway you can really have from this movie is that yeah. saying, like, you know, like, this is, these are all animals. Like, because you start to think, like, oh, well, but that's this weird, you know, that's a non-existent animal. But then when you're seeing the slaughter yard scenes, you're like, Okay, mm-hmm. well, this is all, you know, cows and, you know, like, pigs and, you know, all other animals that we, you know, eat in the United States, mm-hmm. um, you know, have similar situations. And um, so I think it definitely is is a strong kind of polemic, uh, in that sense, it didn't work on me. Um, but, uh, <laughs>
2: As you were eating hot dog while I am watching, Right,
0: exactly. <laughs> Ordering more. Like, we're
2: having an Okja-themed barbecue on Saturday.
0: <laughs> um, I mean, everyone, they show people eating the super pigs and they look delicious. Okay. Um, they, the people were like, that is the best taste. I was like, okay, well, you know. <laughs> I did enjoy it. So toward the end, um, we don't see the second tilde until the very final act. And um and she is hilariously dispassionate mm-hmm. um during the mm-hmm. sort of confrontation where there's sort of like this pleading going on trying to save a super pig's life. And she's like, It's just business. And uh she's like, you know, she, and she, she I was like, she's really nailing like the businesswoman thing right mm-hmm. now. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, she just she's just like, Listen, it's business. That's all it is. It tastes good, you wanna eat it and uh and yeah, she's just so good in these two performances. Mm-hmm. Uh
2: all awesome. around an amazing movie and a yeah. weird, just a weird thing. It's so
0: weird. And it's so like, cause it feels like it's kind of like, it's like a rollicking adventure. Yeah. Like th- oh, th- oh
2: things- another great thing about the movie is um, um, Mija's character is basically this like, superhero she Mm -hmm. she is you know she does everything in her power to try to get back uh, to Okja and save 12 year
0: old korean girl yeah
2: and like does amazing things has these great action scenes Mm -hmm. um you know was running and jumps on a truck and i I thought that was really uh, she fights for
0: what's right she's a great role model character
2: she's being you know pulled in directions Mm -hmm. you know Uh, she's also a citizen ruth type character where they're (laughs) using her they're manipulating her want to get back to her Mm-hmm. Friend and, and trying to use her in the campaigns, yeah. but um, ultimately she does what she can. Oh my god, I'm just remembering it. Oh god.
0: You gonna be okay? Yeah, okay. All right.
2: It's tough. It's so, it's so tough. That
0: powerful stuff. Oh man. Well, you know, it's, it's, and it really is like the movie is so fascinating in the sense that, like, it feels like just like a weird Korean remake of like. A Dumbo, you yeah, know, of like you or know, like Charlotte's a, Web, yeah, like it just it's just like this this hu- super Heightened. eccentric, super eccentric, ultra stylized um, version of that kind of movie, and clearly, I mean, they made choices with the design of the CG mm, creature mm-hmm. with a super pig so that we would have a certain emotional reaction to it. Mm-hmm. So the fact that he decided to not go super weird with the super pig. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, because I think when you hear that, you're like, that's going to be a really weird thing to look at. But then once you look at it, you're like,
1: that's adorable. <laughs> and,
0: um, and you never stop feeling that way until, you know, from the very end, you know, beginning to end. So, you know, like he decided not to give you, cause I think if it had been like a weird looking creature, then you wouldn't have had, you wouldn't have your sympathies engaged. Mm-hmm. Um, and if your vehicle extent. wasn't
2: this like little g- innocent girl mm-hmm. who just loves her friend and then sees these terrible things happen, like has kind of no idea mm-hmm. what's going to happen and then sees what happens. Right. Um, so so, it's just it's it's a hard way to take the story. I
0: mean, we joke about you know girl and a super pig as all as time, but it really is a tale as old as time. This movie, it is. um, you know, like it's uh it's it's a tried and true story of a of a of a of a, of a child and and their favorite pet. Yeah, I mean and the lengths they'll like go a... to to stay together and to not be separated and uh you know to save their pet from you know potential uh doom. So you know it's it's surprisingly like I think if you guys uh, give us a chance on Netflix, so. It's coming to Netflix on the 28th. That's the Mm -hmm. day that it's going to be available. Um, And uh, so, you know, if you start watching it, you probably will at first be like, this is very weird. And then, you know, it is subtitled uh, sporadically throughout. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, if you stick with it, I think you'll you'll be like, "Okay, like this really is just kind of like a, a totally straightforward kind of. Uh, familiar conventional narrative uh, mm-hmm. with just lots of interesting flourishes and embellishments uh, throughout, <laughs> and certainly some some troubling passages and if nothing else, just imagine Rebecca her eyes out yeah so the twenty eighth yes comes out that is oh yeah it is unrated it would probably i'm guessing it would be r because there's, r. there's some graphic violence yeah and there's some uh, there's like no nudity or anything but there might no, be some they, language they say fuck a lot oh yeah there's a lot of fucks
2: so on to the next movie which is um equally if no more violent certainly and more violent. sad and and more upsetting desperate to me. um but uh did not affect me at all <laughs> the because bad only, batch only
0: people were hurt in this one
2: only people the bad batch Arlen is abandoned in a Texas wasteland that is fenced off from civilization. While trying to navigate the unforgiving landscape, Arlen is captured by a savage band of cannibals led by the mysterious Miami Man. With her life on the line, she makes her way to the dream. As she adjusts to life in the Bad Batch, Arlen discovers that being good or bad mostly depends on who's standing next to you.
1: All of us here. We weren't good enough, smart enough, young enough. All the things you've done have put you right here with me. This here is the Bad Batch. What do you really want? I want to be the solution for something.
0: Uh, so this is the sophomore film by a uh, filmmaker. Her name is Anna Lily Amirpour. She previously made a movie called A Girl Walks Home Alone at Night, which was a huge mm-hmm. uh, art house smash um, because it was uh, kind of one of those hasn't been made before type films. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, black and white stylized kind of horror film about uh, like Iranian vampires. Mm-hmm. And uh, but you know, Shail is
2: oldest. Sp- tu- no. Okay. <laughs> <laughs>
0: shot sort of in the style of an old western
2: Mm
0: -hmm. uh so grabbed a lot of people's attention and uh, everyone was very excited to see what she would do next uh you know since she's not only a female filmmaker uh but she's a persian woman and uh and just generally a voice that we don't have a lot of in cinema Mm
1: -hmm.
0: and uh so uh then uh yeah now she made this and it is not good (laughs) so and
2: that's a podcast yeah Mm -hmm.
0: end of show um and the whole thing reminded me of like a feature length Lana Del Rey album announcement. Where <laughs> yes. she was doing like a concept yes. album about cannibalism. Yes,
2: this is like what happens when they when they kick you out of Coachella for drugs. This is where you end <laughs> this up is,
0: this is this is the drug camp at Coachella. Yeah. <laughs> this is if you go, if you run a foul of security. This yeah. is where you end up. You're I, the bad batch now. I
2: was talking to a coworker who went to Coachella and she was like, Yeah, I was waiting in line and I saw someone that was wearing one of those like big hippie belts and then the security guard took the belt and it was just lined with cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> and they got kicked out. I was like, man <laughs> Like, ma'am, that headdress is both offensive and filled with coke. Take it off.
0: Oh, my God. And I bet how many, like, dumb fucks are going to Coachella like, I got the system beat. Right. <laughs> and then the security system coming a mile away. And like,
2: they end up in. This is the uh, thing
0: we know about, guys. In this land. Yeah. And they get sent to the Bad Batch. Before you know it, they're having their limbs cut off.
2: So the, so a couple of, a couple of uh, you know, backstories, controversies about this. The one that I, I think sets a, sets a good tone, though, kind of describes this movie well, is that one of the interviews with the director, they were talking about uh, Mad Max. Mm-hmm. And her, her takeaway was that this movie is more like the old Mad Max because she doesn't like the new one. Mm-hmm. She likes the old one better. You know, the one that was like super racist and rapey. That one is the one she was trying to harken back to, not the new one that's like a lot more empowering and interesting Mm -hmm. um, of a movie.
0: Yeah. Which, I mean, like, that's her perspective. I mean, if she wanted to tell a more brutal story, you know, she wanted to be a bit more bleak, um, you know, so, and I think that's the story that she's telling here, even though I feel like it is ultimately kind of similar to Fury Road, because like Fury Road, it does have a female, um, you know, sort of protagonist who is very ultimately kind of strong and who is kind of fighting a kind of a good fight by the end to keep this little girl alive. Um and to um
2: mm. but I
0: think ultimately she's not you know, like this is not her concern. It doesn't have to be. She doesn't have to tell an empowering story. You know, no, she can but tell feel a story I do feel like that you know, is a
2: very awkward <clears throat> thing for a filmmaker to say at this point. It's, and I don't want to say especially a female filmmaker, but I mm-hmm. I think that we can look at both movies and say that like um, I don't know. The, there's mu- like there's much more significance in the new one than the old one.
0: Yeah, I mean, like, and I will be. You know, I'll be honest. I never actually saw the Road Warrior, so mm-hmm. I've never seen the first Mad Max film. Um, you know, would think I would have at least seen Beyond Thunderdome for Tina Turner, if nothing else. But I no? still haven't. I still haven't. Mm. Um, So I can't really speak to the first ones, but I will say that like, I can see her very much being like, my story is not about hope. It's about brutality. It's about, you know, it's not about bringing value judgments into the despair and the Darwinian, you know, uh, savagery that would occur in this kind of Mm -hmm. space where people are just removed from society and left to fend for themselves with no resources and then, you know, resort to cannibalism. And you know, so like, I could see her being like, "I'm not here to tell like an up, you know, an uplifting story. It's here. It's it's about suffering."
2: I mean, I wouldn't say that the newest Mad Max is an uplifting story. Yeah, I mean,
0: like, I think it's. I mean, it's ultimately, and you're cheering for someone the whole time. You know, you're not really cheering for um, anyone in this movie.
2: I guess the uplifting part is like that it was made the way that it was, not the actual storyline itself
0: yeah well I mean like you know Fury Road like you have Furiosa to cheer for the whole time she's such a badass and then ultimately ends with this like huge like literally just a scene of, of such triumph Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, they overthrow, you know, the evil patriarch and uh, yeah, spoiler alert. Um, <laughs> and, uh, you know, in this, it's it's a lot more ambiguous, you know, and I, and I could see I mean, based on Girl Walks Home Alone at night, I could see her being a filmmaker who's much more interested in that the gray space, mm-hmm. the ambiguous space. And that's kind of where she is in this movie. And um, you know, and, and like, does it make it a better movie? I don't think so. But you know, that's the story that she set out to tell. I think it can make a better movie. I don't think every movie has to have black and white, you know, morality and be you know Absolutely empowering not. and no all that stuff. But um, but yeah, this movie, this movie, I couldn't tell you the last time that I saw a movie that was this violent, this disturbing, and yet also this fucking boring. Oh yeah. my god, yeah, this Bored is definitely out of my fucking head. check
2: the phone movie.
0: It's a full hundred and twenty minutes too. Oh my yeah. God does not need to be that long. Wow. Does it not need to be that long? And like, it's so upsetting in the beginning when we first start to see, um, you know, the acts of the acts of cannibalism that are, that are, that are playing out that I watched the first like 25 or 30 minutes or so, like on the bus yesterday. And I was not right the rest of the night. I was just feeling so like, I was just, it was one of those movies that made me feel like afraid of my neighbor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it just put this fear in me. I was like, oh god, like you know, you know, are we all on a verge of turning on each other like this? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so and it's yeah, it is Baru Atoll is a lot to watch. And in my mind, the most disturbing bit happens right off the bat. So we have mm-hmm. our protagonist who's played by Suki Waterhouse, who is um she's a model, she's British. Um, which explains the molasses thick accent yeah. that she tries to put on, it's which odd. is very jarring. And which is about as thick as Suki Waterhouse or Suki Stackhouse. So we have Suki Waterhouse, actress, mm-hmm. Suki Stackhouse, true blood character. Accents somewhere in between both. Suki <laughs> Waterhouse is a British model who is perhaps best known as Bradley Cooper's baby mama. And uh, in this film, she, uh, like all British people, displays a natural flair for acting. Accent aside, (laughs) Um, but right off the bat, we watch her as she has one arm and one leg sawed off of her body while she is conscious.
1: Mm
0: -hmm. And that was the movie. It breaks you right away. (laughs) It breaks you right away with that. And um, and yeah, from that point onward, I was like, this is horrifying and disturbing. But I'm also just bored out of my mind. There's like, what am I supposed to care about in this movie?
2: Yeah, it doesn't really go many more places from there. There's no. like no, you know, nobody's your friend. Uh, no relationships are really, you know, built except sort of l- later. And, and that, that doesn't really seem right at all either. And then, you know, every so often, you know, another sort of thing happens. It's like really grotesque and upsetting. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing is that there are parts of it that are, you know, kind of beautiful. Um, beautifully shot. It's a beautifully shot film. Um, and it it's stylized in a way where I feel like, Like, this is, like, right up a, like, 15-year-old boy's alley. It's, like, the girls are scantily clad. There's, like, you know, senseless violence. It's, like, kind of a party town. Um, It's, like, sort of dangerous kind of... You know, like, when, you know, you have that sort of um, celebration of, like, things that don't give a fuck when you're, like, a teenager? I feel like this movie is going to be, like, sort of the... Uh, poor man's pulp fiction type uh, thing and to them I would say watch American honey yeah yeah right because <laughs> really <laughs> <It's like> American <laughs> honey gone terribly wrong yes. let's make a left on I-5 no we should make it right <laughs> and then they end up here and then it's all yeah. fucking hell breaks the movie loose is
0: basically American honey with cannibalism
2: that's it all right that's that one too <laughs> yes that right. was wrap why, why do we keep talking wrap it up Jason Momoa your type um,
0: you know, I mean, he's I mean, he's a beautiful man. I mean, I, I think he's a little intimidating physically. Mm. So I wouldn't say he's necessarily my. And in, in this movie, he was wearing one of those, one of those weird, I don't know what the man hates so much about his like actual waistline. But he always wears like some weird high waisted getup. up. Um, I think it accentuates
2: in, accentuates his large chest it
0: does bring out his tits but like he you know i i I enjoy a man's actual waistline and jason momoa always covers that on himself Hmm. and wears these like weird high-waisted balloon pants and everything maybe he had a tummy technique of scars maybe oh poor guy um but you know he's you know i i you know i couldn't take take him or leave him i'm not i'm not Hmm. uh, i'm not obsessed with jason momoa uh and uh you know so he and this is whatever keanu reeves yeah keanu reeves is
2: I mean, I appreciate that he's not, you know, trying to be um, a heartthrob anymore. No. He really leans into uh, being kind of kind of grubby here. He's
0: very convincing. But he's also sort of like, he's like a, he's within the community, without, within the world that's built in this movie, he's sort of like a cool guy. He's yeah, like a leader. Yeah. He's, a, he's like a, there's a cult of celebrity around him.
2: Mm-hmm. Uh, the, no, the literal cult.
0: A lit, and also a literal cult. Um, and he is, uh, I mean, he's very convincing Is like some, you know, you can see him being some like LA king of the scene, Mm -hmm. you know, type, you know, cokehead. So, uh, and I appreciate that Keanu Reeves is doing weird movies like this and the neon demon, Mm -hmm. you know, (laughs) he really loves an unsuccessful art film, (laughs) um, that pushes really dark. (laughs) That's really what he's drawn to at this point and bless him for that.
2: I feel like that was fine.
0: Yeah, no, I'm good with that. Um, so, uh, and, and we should say that the main sort of like whatever heart, whatever emotional core is in this movie comes from something that we can get into the other controversy, um, which is at one point Suki Waterhouse's character, um, she comes across, uh, a black woman in the desert who is with a young, uh, mixed race child and, uh, and, and they have a confrontation and the woman has just had an accident and has had a very, she's had a compound fracture in her leg. And then, um, and then Suki uh, sh- shoots her in the head, and kills her. In, um, and, and, and I wasn't totally clear on her motive for doing that because it seemed like she was just like, "I'm just angry."
2: So the, I think the motivation there was um, that woman uh, is with the Jason Momoa character, and mm-hmm. they are like kind of the main cannibals of this place because mm-hmm. there, there's other food and, and like somebody's I mean, like, somebody is, like eating noodles somewhere I mean, someone's like yeah. selling noodles so there is other food but some people are doing you know, the cannibal they're thing they're almost waiting for
0: that super pig to get built
2: <laughs> I know right if only there was a crossover <laughs> mashup uh, so yeah she does know that she's a okay. cannibal because okay. there's that other girl that kind of gets cut up yes. and she's in there and sees yes. and, um, That's um, so exciting. that was her motivation I so, believe
0: so yeah so she was you know she so she, she shows no mercy kills the woman um, and then um, and then sort of ends up feeling you know taking the girl with her and becoming the sort of and developing sort of unlikely maternal connection to the mm-hmm. girl to try to you know and then ultimately wanting to reunite her with her father jason momoa i mean so finding, wanting to
2: but also being told that if she doesn't jason Momoa's character tells her if she doesn't find the girl then he's gonna kill her mm-hmm, Yeah. so at that point it turns a little um you know uh, self-preservation mm-hmm, as yeah. motivation yeah but so the controversy
0: yes um and I will say that, so Rebecca texted me while before I watched this and was like, oh, do you know about the controversy? And I was like, I, no, I haven't heard of anything. And and, um, and she was like, oh, well, wait until after you watch the movie because I don't want to color your experience the way it did mine. And like that did not work um, <laughs> because I started to watch it. And I was like, what is it? 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 And so I just Googled like the Bad Batch, like looked at the first page of results, nothing. Googled the Bad Batch controversy. Looked through the whole first page of results. Nothing. Hmm. Um, and then eventually just started searching for like the movie controversy in the news articles. And then started like scrolling down through that. And eventually I found it. Mm-hmm. So it's not something that I feel like has been covered a lot. Um, but And this is my understanding of what happened. So there was a Q&A after a screening of Bad Batch. Anna Lily Poor was there. And uh, then um, there was a black woman in the audience who asked a question about the films in which she viewed as the film's excessively gory murders of its black characters and uh, Anna Lily Amarpour was not having this question um, mm-hmm. she kind of dismissed the woman and and was not she didn't follow the rules of etiquette for when you're a director doing a Q&A mm-hmm. and you know are supposed to treat even the most inane questions with respect and try to be like
1: oh yeah
0: yeah I guess that's it I haven't thought about that <laughs> um, so she was you know rude mm-hmm. uh, to her uh, and then um and then it's kind of played out a little bit on twitter since then at least from mm-hmm. from I'm account with that all said like did, did, is that is there anything else you want to add from uh, what happened
2: yeah no i i think that i think it's valuable to listen to there's a video of the interview mm-hmm. and just to see how um how not attacking the question was like the woman starts like i'm sorry i'm so nervous i wrote my question down and then asks you know again about the violence and then about this whole like white savior taking the child away from her mother it's like when you see yourself like you can imagine yourself as a teenager caught in a lie like the instant defensiveness and the response Mm -hmm. um that she comes up with it's interesting to see i would Mm -hmm. recommend trying to find the video Mm -hmm. but yeah you've captured the what happened
0: Um, so, and I would say that, you know, the thing about, you know, having a a white savior, uh, you know, taking this, you know, child away from her mother and, you know, like that, you know, I think is a fair critique. I genuinely don't think the movie is excessively, is is disproportionately gory too because there are two black characters that are killed on camera. And I wouldn't say that their deaths are in any way more gory than the way that any of the white characters who are killed are. So I don't feel like there is, I can see how Amra would be annoyed by that because I think... The thing about, because I think she can see behind that, she's like, okay, this is how it starts. Now I'm going to have like uh, an outcry on the internet that my movie is racist. And once that tag gets affixed to something, you can't shake that stink. And so I think she was like, oh, you know, here it comes. Um, and so I don't think, I don't think that, you know, I mean, like, no, not to discredit the feelings of the woman mm-hmm. who watched the movie and how she felt watching it. And certainly if I was watching a movie and there were two gay characters and they were both brutally killed, even if there were also two straight characters really killed, I would be very emotionally mm-hmm. troubled by the the gay characters who were killed. Um, but, you know, I think I would try to be like, okay, well, that's on me. That's just me reacting to it. I'm not going to make it this like, why did you have to kill those gay characters? Um, you know, because I like, it is, it is ultimately, I think kind of egalitarian and it's, and it's dispensing a brutal, which is not how
2: the question was asked, but brutal death.
0: Um, but you know, in terms of the white savior taking this, you know, this mixed race girl away from her black mother after having killed her, certainly, and certainly for Amrapur as a woman of color herself, you would think that she, you know, would have, you know, had a bit more—I don't know—sensitivity to the question, mm-hmm. but she, yeah, she was just very openly aggravated by the question.
2: Mm-hmm. So I'm just going to add a couple of things. One, I felt that the most um, racially uh, uncomfortable point of the movie was that there's this point where Momoa has um, the Suki Waterhouse's character, and he's trying—he's leading her back so she can find his daughter, who's this girl—and mm-hmm. and they—they um, and they come across this giant huge black man Mm -hmm. and the guy offers to trade him what is like water or gasoline Mm -hmm. for for the girl Mm -hmm. and so they kind of he kind of decides what he's going to do and momoa puts puts her into the you know the trading ring with the with the gasoline or whatever and then the, the this giant black guy just like picks up this white girl and like throws her over his shoulder in this very like king kong fey ray kind of way that i felt was like pretty offensive and and just a uh, unnecessary imagery and that's and then it, eventually he ends up ends up killing him
0: but momoa kills the other guy yeah
2: momoa, momoa kills the other guy so i thought that was uh unnecessary and in poor taste um on the other side, I don't think that the deaths of the black characters were particularly gory, mm-hmm. um, especially his. I didn't think that was super gory. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think that that was kind of maybe the wrong a- angle to ask that question with. Um, I think that the fact that like the two black characters in the movie were, that existed were killed is more mm-hmm. of the angle. And like that scene with um, with Sookie uh, on mm-hmm. his shoulder it, is more uh, of the angle. Um, Did she bring that up too? She didn't bring that up. Okay. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, um, but oh, and the other thing that is—I mean, Momo isn't
0: white,
1: but
2: that is true. Uh, but he's also like incredibly sexualized as well, uh, and he's also na- he's playing—he's playing a—they playing have him playing uh, a Spanish or Hispanic uh, Latin man, and he's not, um, which I thought was interesting. What is his ethnicity? Uh, I think he's—I uh, think he's Hawaiian.
0: Is this something that you acknowledge? Because I know with like, column, I know with certain ethnicities, I know with uh, with Oscar, uh, Oscar Isaac, you're still the jury's out. <laughs> you I'll down. decide. Yes. <laughs>
2: um, uh, the other sort of backstory, and I don't know if this is fair or not. I, I do think it provides um, just kind of an important insight is that you can find photos on the director's Instagram of her in, as a Halloween costume dressed as what I think is Lil Wayne in blackface. So that's that's just interesting to know that this is all the same person making these decisions, mm-hmm. um, and then there's like another um, uh, photo of her on her own public Instagram that's like, "I love like black dick" or something, um, mm-hmm. in like a holding up this quote-unquote funny um, bumper sticker. So I think that like, as the things add up, it's like a little. Um, the, the image that I'm making out of it, the, the sort of like the character of her, who she is, is like one of those people who who are like, I'm a cool lady. I like to drink whiskey. I like the fucked up movies. I don't like mm-hmm. this like sensitive bullshit. Right, yeah. That kind of um, energy I get off of it, mm-hmm. um, which is disappointing.
0: Yeah, I mean, like she could be a bit of a douche. Uh, you know, <laughs> I think is what we're <laughs> thank saying. You for, thank you for it's, distilling that down is for what me. what we're saying. I mean, I do think, I mean, I think she came up through like art school and I think that, you know, like I think that she has a pr- clearly kind of an abrasive, Confrontational. She has Michi vibes. Has I'm saying she has Michi vibes. Dead on Michi. Um Kind of. Michi likes cannibalism.
2: That's the vibe I get. Watch the video <laughs> and tell me you don't get a Michi vibe. That's so funny. So yeah. So
0: she's brusque. Um, you know, like, and I think that you know certainly, and also, I mean, there are kind of you know, like, I think there's less room given for female filmmakers to be rude to audiences, you know, at Q and As, than there is for men. I think that we, you know, do have higher standards for like you know female niceness. Um, in those kinds of settings, and honestly, I think that there are few worse things in the entire world than the q and a after a movie <laughs> or anything that where there's an audience q and a um but uh but yeah, I mean, clearly that was not her at her best and on twitter, she has not she's defiant, you know she's defiant she's not gonna just roll over and and say uh the thing that you're supposed to say in that time, and you know, and that's just kind of uh, for the choice that she's made is to be it's that a bad way.
2: choice it's a uh, bad choice. She
0: wants to throw down, you know, she's drawing a line in the sand and saying, like, I will not cross this. I will not become this apologizer um, over this thing. And, I, mean, uh, and, I mean, honestly, like, I haven't even seen it anywhere. Like, I saw, like, I had to find it when you were telling me about it. But that doesn't mean it doesn't exist. <clears throat> oh, no, 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 I'm not saying that. I'm just saying that, like, you know, in, like, in the, in all the feelers I have out there for all mm, my, like, mm-hmm. entertainment reporting. She's very lucky. I haven't seen, like, I saw one person, I saw it up my Facebook feed. Because someone commented, someone who's a friend of mine commented, and someone else has post about Ingu. it. <laughs> Nodding you this time, <laughs> um, and then you know, and I think, and then, and then you would told me about it. So I don't know. I'm sure. Well, we like, need to blow it up. I would imagine that you know the Black Twitter is 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 talking about it. Um, but uh, but yeah, and I don't even know. Like you know, I think it's such a shitty movie anyway. Like I think there's That's also know, there, a good there, point. there are plenty of reasons to just like the movie that aren't about like trying to pull together various pieces of evidence from her social media to paint her out to be some kind of asshole. I mean she could very well be an asshole. It sounds like she probably is an asshole. But this movie is also just shitty.
2: The movie is also terrible.
0: Um I I, I cannot think of a single reason why I would ever tell someone to watch this movie. Mm-hmm. It's so unpleasant. I
2: mean if you don't like them. Hmm? If you don't like the person. <laughs> yeah, exactly.
0: If I met her, if I
2: met her, <laughs> Hey, you know what movie you should watch <laughs> you know, some movie The Bad Batch? I mean I guess all the time yeah. she spent working on that movie is punishment enough.
0: I mean, it's also never even clear. Like they have one scene where Keanu Reeves gives this kind of, you know, speech about how they're all outcasts and what happened. We get some exposition, some late in the game exposition from Keanu about how they all ended up Mm -hmm. being called the bad batch. And it's so loosely defined. Mm -hmm. I'm like, so wait, what are we saying here? Yeah. That things have gotten, you know, to the point where like any old person can just have like a thing tattooed in their neck and they're thrown out into, you know, the outback. Uh, it, it, yeah, it was just the whole thing is a piece of shit. It's kind of,
2: it's dumb. I feel like yeah, it's th- a dumb movie. It's not a, yeah. it's not a good word. I don't use it very often, but yeah. I feel like it accurately describes this. You call me that process. all the time. I mean, let's <laughs> shut up, dumbass. <laughs> <laughs> not yeah. on the podcast
0: and you know I mean like it does it does have you know like it, it does have a great visual aesthetic um, but aside that's the only nice thing you can say about it and you also the music you oh were...
2: yeah I really enjoyed the soundtrack <laughs> yes, the some of it's a little great. too on the nose uh, it's also uh, one of the opening scenes uh, has a Deantwood song so if that like Oof. sets the tone for like how gross and gnarly this movie's going to be there you go yeah. think of them with their fucked up ninja's haircut <laughs> I, um,
0: feel, I don't know why I'm going to say this since I have just been talking about how boring it is but I almost think this movie would have made more sense as like a limited series because I mean, if the because if, mm. like if you if the Walking mm-hmm. Dead has yeah mined, Dead kind of thing if the yeah. Walking Dead has mined this many seasons out of essentially nothing happening yeah um, then you know I think this that you could develop there's so many characters you could develop yeah. here Giovanni Ribisi yeah also in the movie doing Just, playing a very convincing erratic gentleman. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah I think there is, this is just the wrong way to tell this story um, and as, as a feature film it's just a flop
2: I'm giving it a send it back you. send it back um, and it's rated R for violence, language some drug content and brief nudity and that brings us to our last movie which is Manifesto from an anchor woman to a homeless man actress Kate Blanchett portrays 13 distinct characters in vignettes that incorporate timeless manifestos
1: nothing is original Okay, so you can steal from anywhere that resonates with inspiration and fuels your imagination, okay? In my glorious isolation, I am illuminated by the marvelous incandescence of my electrically charged nerves.
2: So I was very excited um, when we had the opportunity to see this movie. Mm-hmm. I had heard Cate Blanchett was going to play thirteen different characters, and I imagined this to be what a wild ride. Um, man, was I wrong! Oof!
0: I mean, it was wild.
2: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it was one of the most easy movies to mystery science theater.
0: <laughs> Rebecca and I had a lot of fun watching we this really together. We really had a great time. Uh, real crack them up. <laughs>
2: Uh, there's a lot of room. There's I mean, a lot of space in this movie for you to do other things it wear, while it's on.
0: I mean, it wears it wears its 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 ridiculous pretentiousness proudly.
2: This is a kind of movie where if you see some if you meet someone, they tell you this is their favorite movie, you oh. fucking leave oh. immediately.
0: Oh my god, I was um, I was browsing through the Rotten Tomatoes for it earlier, and there was one person. There was one critic review that was like easily the best film of 2017 so far wow (laughs) it was like l-o-l good (laughs) friend
2: it's like when you like you meet somebody and you go to their house for the first time and you like take a quick look at their bookshelf and their dvd collection and if you see this movie just say you had bad chicken and go you have to go home
0: yeah i mean it's i mean this is i mean in you know to be fair to the movie it's not meant to be like a movie movie. yes this is is the, the the filmmaker is named julian rosefelt uh, he's a German visual artist, indeed, and <laughs> he sure is. <laughs> every one of those words, to the extent, yeah, exactly, that it can go far the way. But so he's a German visual artist, and this started off as an installation mm-hmm. um, where each individual, each uh, manifesto was its own um you know sort of video piece and yeah, so you're walking fun. through that actually i would love nothing more than to walk into an actual immersive installation mm-hmm. where these there's different Kate blanchett's on different video screens that I, sounds like a great thing. that's why i hope heaven is um <laughs> but you know but uh but it's but, just
2: 13 different screens of me <laughs> but yelling at you
0: <laughs> i'm like so it wasn't the gay thing wasn't okay after all is that, <laughs> is that,
1: what, I'm, is that what i'm getting i guess they were right well, yeah well, <laughs> well, <laughs> it's, it's and then yours right. will be me
2: <laughs> i know <laughs> Oh, oh no oh no we can but, turn it around though right yeah i think that's time any single fellas out there
0: <laughs> so um and so what they so what julian roosevelt did was then take these 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 uh 13 well there's, there's 12 manifestos and there's 13 characters and so what he did was he kind of
1: Stretch.
0: <laughs> she's, she's doing great hand gestures right Get now out. guys uh, so um, you know, and he so he sort of tried to edit them together into a way so that they're all intercut together, um, and in a way that they sort of interact somehow. In his mind, they interact and speak to each other. I don't know that we experience it that way, <laughs> or we would just like it would just like cut back to like some other manifesto already in progress, and we would we would just we would just laugh like, oh, she's still going, huh? <laughs> that um, was funny. That uh, it just so I did not understand the point of this mm-hmm. um and at first i was like okay is the point that these are all manifestos that were written by men and they're sort of like putting them in a woman's mouth to sort of like have some sort of like gender commentary and they
2: still sounded like men
0: and yeah. um and no that's not the thing um and then i was like okay i know they're they're mostly about art, art is yeah. that it and like yeah it's mm-hmm. it's it's just these all art manifestos from everything from like dada to pop art to futurism mm-hmm. to dogma cinema 90, dogma 95 yeah. Um, you know, all these different manifestos. And poor Cable Blanchett has to learn each one of them um, <laughs> and then perform them in a variety of characters in a variety of settings. Um, and, you know, I started to keep a list. Rebecca and I were both like actively taking notes during this one, which we don't, which we don't normally do. But we're okay, like, you want to exchange we wanna. notes? Well, um, I was mainly, I remember you were like doing your notes and you're like, um, you're like, I'm writing this, I'm writing this. Oh, this is a good joke. And then I was <laughs> I'm just like, I'm just listing the characters. You're like, oh, good.
1: <laughs> so
0: I want to do that and just like looking over my notes. It says like, Southern mom, rocker chick, choreographer of alien dance. <laughs> yeah, uh, what are some of your notes, Rebecca?
2: Um, okay. Can you imagine how cool it would be to get Cape Lanchette to be in your student film? <laughs> <laughs> that, was my, that was my first note.
0: That's a good note.
2: And then the other note was um, I that is worth saying. Uh, this isn't just a bunch of expletives. Is um. <laughs> This is like they made a movie of Strange Little Girls, the Tori Amos album. Oh,
0: my God. If you had said that to me in the moment, I would have just rolled right off the shelf. I
2: have a present for you coming. I photoshopped that cover onto this this poster. It's coming.
0: (laughs) In case you guys don't know Strange Little Girls, Tori Amos once did a a cover album where she covered all these songs written by men, and there was gender commentary in that, which Mm -hmm. made it more interesting. And then for each song, um, she sort of found a female character to embody in each of the lyrics. <laughs>
2: Dressed up like And
0: him. And then she, yeah, she worked with Neil Gaiman to write bios of each one. And then she worked with the stylist to create distinct looks of each one. And I mean, it's a real tour de force. Yeah. I mean,
2: it's a way better. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, her
0: 97 Bonnie and Clyde still yeah. gives me chills. Yeah, it's good. But uh, but yeah, this is not that. This is just Kate Blanchett doing a variety of accents, a variety of wigs, which I mean, like, again, like, heaven. This is why I want heaven to be. And she's, I mean, she's, she's, some of them, she gets very, very powerful. Mm-hmm. Um, but then there are others where it's just intensely awkward. One that I think got the most laughs out of us, the most yucks was uh, the Southern mom who, yeah. there's this setup where she is, um, yeah, she's this mom who has three sons and a husband. And she's sitting them down for like, to say grace before a meal. And instead of Grace, she just, like, launches into this manifesto. (laughs) And then they all just sit there. And uh, the kids are all just, like, sitting there looking, like, bored with their, like, heads bowed while she just, like, continues this insane manifesto.
2: Yeah, it's, like, it's also, like, the longest one of the movie. And, like, it'll it'll cut to different (laughs) scenes then cut back to them. (laughs) And you just see them looking at, like, this this turkey, just, like, so hungry, but they can't eat it because he just keeps, like, saying this sort of... (sighs) Which
0: Um, which I don't think that they were like they weren't really um, I was wondering if it was meant to be funny or not that like, you know, some of them must have been the
2: funeral, uh, the puppets,
0: the puppets was was, the alien dance. The alien dance was I mean, I that was my favorite character. Um, There was like
2: this Russian choreographer, this imperious
0: Russian choreographer with like wearing a turban and these Mm -hmm. like tall black boots and this like insane face of makeup. Just running around yelling at these like women dressed as space aliens as they prepare to do this like big showgirl routine. I don't know what she was talking about. I don't know no. what, I don't know what, uh, I don't know who, why, what. I don't know. Okay. And here's one manifest. So when I think of manifestos, the first one that I think of is Valerie Solanas's Scum mm-hmm. Manifesto. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. that is by a not, woman. Not in the movie. And it's not in the movie. Mm-mm. Uh, you know, like that is my number one. Um, in case you guys don't know, Scum, it, was, uh, it stood for the Society for Cutting Up Men. Uh, it was um, sort of a one-woman society mm-hmm. consisting entirely of Valerie Solanas, who was a, sort of a radical feminist activist in the late 60s who once shot Andy Warhol. Uh, which became the basis for a film called i shot and Warhol*, which is another great 90s movie that i could talk about endlessly but um and i and i I used to have the soundtrack to that and i also i have like an original copy of the manifesto in the back because i was really into valerie solana's for a while and i think i remember the first paragraph of it um let me see um life in the society being at best an utter bore and no aspect of society being at all relevant to women there remains to specific-minded thrill-seeking females only to overthrow the government, eliminate the money system, institute complete automation, and destroy the male sex. And then and the, play and, the then the rest, Kenny. and then the rest of it is her, you know, laying out how each of those will be accomplished, mm-hmm. and like you know, which men could be spared, but the vast majority should be killed.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And um, and you know, and just firm like but fair. to, to <laughs> firm but fair, <laughs> to imagine her saying that at like her southern been... her southern Baptist like grace, yeah. that would have been that would have been great. But there would have, been, you know, but like instead they just stick with these like, I mean, I guess if you are a person who's a fan of rhetoric, if you're a fan of... What is wrong with who, you? Who are I mean, you? I like,
2: I I feel like we are both have been called pretentious before, but like this is just so much. It would, be, It's hard to not, it's hard to take it seriously. And like, I don't know, I maybe if you are um, like a, an art historian or mm-hmm. like... Well, Philosopher, I don't know. Like, who? What? If you to be able to know all 12 or 13 of these, and you can't look it up, there's no Shazam for no, manifestos. No, no, they don't
0: tell you. Which <laughs> That's what you said. You were like, if I wish there was a Shazam for manifestos, because I could find out what the fuck these What's are. What's going on? Like, I took a, like, the very beginning, I'm like, okay, that's the, that's the communist manifesto. Yeah, so that, like, one was, that, that one was, that was a given. That's the one that's easiest to recognize of the ones that they do. And then I actually, I recognized Dogma 95. The Jamush?
2: Oh, the yeah, Trier one?
0: Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. I recognized that one. And it, I didn't know for certain, but I'm like, that sounds like the Von Trier thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but aside from that, I was like, I don't know what's going on. Um, you know, like the Dada one was hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, and I was just like, I don't know. I remember one of the little like review segments I saw for this was like, you know, art history, art history, PhDs will will smile knowingly while everyone else eyes the exit. Um, and that's pretty yeah, much it. That's it. That says
2: it. I think that I think this could have been done differently. Um, I, if it was maybe a little shorter, um, some of it's really funny and weird, and if like I don't know, maybe I definitely wouldn't give it a send it back the way I would give the Bad Badge mm-hmm. for it. Like I don't find this offensive. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, you know, it could be funny. Um, it's you know, it's a lot to to read a manifesto or to hear it maybe spoken by the author could be a power you know it is a powerful thing right. but to have to listen to 12 or 13 of them in a row
0: right well is and, just a little much and to just divorce
2: them entirely from their context yeah and maybe that's
0: part of what Rose felt wanted to explore was like what happens if you take these these pieces mm-hmm. of writing that really change things and you just put them in the mouth of a series of characters and just see what impact they have the answer is none
2: right and the, it was, some some of them were like a little too too on the nose and yeah. some of them were made no sense yeah. And like you know, they're giving. She's giving these characters again. We'll reference the Russian choreographer who's Mm -hmm. choreo who's uh, directing this like uh, alien rock rock uh, rock show. Yeah, and and a manifesto doesn't work that way because it's just a woman. (laughs) It's just a woman yelling. You know, a speech. That doesn't make any sense for the context. Yeah. Um, no. There's no connection. No and that connection. wasn't the original intention of the piece anyway. So, like, why would you yeah. try to, sh- like, shoehorn it into yeah. some other it's, I don't a, know.
0: it's a real shrug. And, uh, <laughs> and I guess. A lot of good it's, gifts it's, out of it, though. Yeah, lots of gift potential. And I mean, I guess it came up when Rose Felt was talking to Kate Blanchett about her character when she played Bob Dylan and I'm Not There. Oh, yeah. And that was sort of the genesis of it. And I guess they well, shot like
2: the- they say nothing is original, <laughs> well, I guess
0: they shot the whole thing in like ten days, and so it didn't take much out of our schedule to do this ridiculous movie um and you know, I have to give credit just for it being so you know out of the box, but yeah. like and again it's not it's not trying to be a traditional narrative film, you know i mean it's it's an art experiment, and mm-hmm. you know we're talking about it like you know for <laughs> because it's an art experiment and that's yeah, uh, one of
2: those things you're 19 years old you want people to think you're smart you sit there and you watch it and but now who oh has time gosh. life is too short for that mess
0: you know so i mean i will say i mean kate Blanchett is i mean she is amazing
2: oh yeah she's great yeah, she's great she's absolutely yeah great. she's absolutely even great. the puppet version of and, her is great every
0: single one of them she is just even
2: though we thought the puppet version of her was owen wilson
0: <laughs> it turns out if you just have kate Blanchett's head <laughs> as a little wooden doll head and you don't have any wigs on it yet it gradually at first I thought it, it was wasn't. Foucault yeah and yeah. then we, we that was Owen <laughs> See, Wilson like Rebecca says we've been called pretentious before <laughs> such as when she looked at a doll and said is that Foucault <laughs> <laughs> it is yeah it, was. it, was. it wasn't it
2: was Kate Blanchett no yeah
0: he's um, too confused so uh, but you know that could be a fun one for us to do is live screening at some point yeah <laughs> our mystery science theater you first the, make assignment, watch it. the assignment the yeah. assignment and manifesto exactly that's what's going to be on our film festival docket
2: um, so I guess it's a consume in moderation yeah I can't same. quite give it uh, the full send it back because no. it's it would be funny to watch with friends and it's, yeah. it's fun to watch her
0: I mean yeah she's one of the best actresses of all time mm-hmm. and you get to watch her play 13 characters in a single movie and to just do these entirely committed, straight faced yeah. readings of these ridiculous texts yeah. in these ridiculous circumstances. So it's it's just a one woman show, truly. And, uh, and, and it's, it's best enjoyed as such.
2: And when you say you've watched it, everyone will know how much discipline you have. Exactly. Uh, and it is unrated. Yeah. So have at it. <laughs> Kids. <laughs> and, uh, Kiddos. And, uh, <laughs>
0: I will say, and, uh, and I think, yeah, it's opening in San Francisco this weekend. Um, I should mention Bad Batch, if we didn't scare you off of it, is is on VOD. It's day and date VOD theatrical. Mm. And, um, and, uh, but yeah, but Manifesto, I was actually getting a theatrical release. Bless it. Wow. Yeah, so you people go, will see it. Go see it on the big screen.
2: Um, that is it. Those are our movies for this week. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Uh, Be sure to subscribe on uh, Apple Podcasts or wherever it is that you get your podcasts. Um, If you like it, you can leave a review. Um, You can follow Jason on Twitter. He is at... XSFaggage. And I'm at Fight Balance. Thank you so much. Bye, guys. Bye-bye.
0: Binging on movies with Rebecca and Jason.
2: You made it to the end. That's amazing.
1: There goes the binge.